With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You've reached the voicemail of Craig Sharp, and it's a voicemail. It's a voicemail. Leave it now. If you're calling about the barbecue sauce, press 1. If not, leave a touchdown. It's a touchdown, Nebraska. Nebraska's going to win a football game. This voicemail is brought to you by Dorothy Lynch. If you're looking for salad dressing with a kick, it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown, Nebraska. Nebraska's going to win a football game. Sorry about that. Please leave a message after the tone. We are back. We call this episode number seven. At the time of recording, we don't know what we're going to name it, but I'm sure it will involve some sort of drop or song or moment in show history. Hello, Nick Ball. Can I already ask a question about how we're doing things? And your question is... And your podcast question is... Are we... When are we going to stop numbering the episodes from the standpoint of like, all right, it's like... It's like, when does a baby's age no longer get counted in weeks or months? Like, right now, our podcast is a baby. It's like, she's two weeks. Look at her. She's gorgeous. <laughs> she's two weeks. At some point, we need to just, we need to go to years and normal ways of how we're calculating time and, and measuring things. Matt? Well, let's think about this. Let's think about your podcast uh, because, you know, I look at the Nick Bob podcast brought to you by Pella! Windows okay. and doors. And I see your last one that I see was 85, Josh Dotzler. Yeah, I'm really branching out. I really On my 85th one, I said, you know what? By pod 85, I'm really going to go to someplace I've never gone. I give you Josh Dotson. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, I guess that's how it goes, huh? I mean, I don't know. You know, you know, there's dog years. Like, what one year for a dog is like seven. Like, how does that? Is there is there some sort of mathematical equation that is like one pot ten podcasts is like congratulations, your podcast is one month old or so? Like, how we we just got to figure out how we're doing this, Matt. I mean, I, I hope we're old and gray. <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, that, that's a great. That's a great question. <laughs> ah, you gotta wind up. You gotta wind up for the kypus. That's a great question. But yeah, and I like how you branched out with your 84th one, the last dance Michael Jordan finale recap. That was a shocker. We smoke cigars. Bo Root and I smoke cigars. When's the last time you smoked a cigar? I mean, let me tell you. 
It's probably been college, uh, after college. It had been a decade for you, boysenberry. And let me tell you, the next morning when I woke up, I mean, I was like, yuck. <laughs> yucky in Kentucky right now. <laughs> no awful. one says yucky in Kentucky. <laughs> Nobody. Are you sure? By the way, was there anything... Better than the, the last, last dance? dance? No. Next question. Next question. <laughs> well, how about this? What are you doing now? Because oh. ESPN just announced Tom Brady is having his own documentary. Is that real? Yes. So Michael Jordan got 10-part documentary. Tom Brady, nine. <laughs> October 4th. September 4th. <laughs> I, uh, like, that is so it's exciting. Like Jordan's the standard, so you can't do as many. Everything, like Brady's nine. So what does like J.R. Smith get? Like a commercial break? <laughs> he gets a minute. He gets 60 seconds. They flash back to J.R. You know how they do the flashback thing? It's J.R. Smith. It's a baby picture. It's the meme of LeBron yelling at J.R. Smith, and then we move on, and like, and that documentary is presented by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's it, though. But how about, how about that? We're going to get a T. Brady documentary? I mean, you don't need any more documentaries after that. I'm pretty that. much you got set. Jordan, you got Brady. Yeah, what do we need? What was, okay, okay, what would be, if you could, if, if, you know. All right, let's do a, let's do a sports talk radio topic now. <laughs> 951-1620-877-951-1620. If you could have one documentary <laughs> about a current athlete or maybe your favorite athlete, who would it be? 951-1620. Uh, hi, I am uh, Brett in Kansas City. I really think a Patrick Mahomes documentary would be fascinating at this point. His rise, how he slipped, all that stuff. Uh, thanks, I'll take a comment off the air. Uh, that's great. That's really good. Uh, let's do another one. 951-1620. Yeah, uh, this is Bob and Waverly. What about Alex Gordon? He's had, <laughs> from his time in Lincoln Southeast, I think it would be really captivating for the national audience. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Bob. Oh, yeah. This is Alan in Arkansas. I want a Bobby Petrina. A Bobby Petrina motorcycle little documentary there. See exactly what happened with old Bobby there. I think that'd be a really entertaining one. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, I, I tell you, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Tom Brady doc. Somewhere, LeBron James is going, huh, so you don't need to be retired to justify a documentary. How much would you wager that in the, it, maybe even after the first episode, that Bron Bron placed a phone call, sent a text message to someone and said, we already need to be working on my 10-part doc, right? Yes. While he's working on Space Jam 2, we need to be working on the doc. It's 100%. I mean, right now, it's ha I, I can only assume that the, the LeBron documentary has been greenlit by Netflix, and it is in production as we speak. Well, that's the beauty of it is that LeBron James, you thought Michael Jordan had total control of this documentary. <laughs> Wait until you see the LeBron James documentary produced by LeBron by James. It'd be fantastic. My question to you is, how many episodes could this last dance have gone on before people lost interest? Like, could you have gone 20 episodes and people have been like, all right, I mean enough already like i don't know I, given the current state if, of affairs it could have taken if we had known how long the pandemic was going to go and sports were going to be gone we should have been going one a week we, honestly, one a week we, we'd be halfway through right now we'd be halfway i know what were we thinking with that i mean i know it's nice to get two hours but yeah we should have we could have really stretched this out you know you know in tv they talk about stretching it out or the wrap it up you know wrap wrap it up 
<laughs> stretch it out. We need to stretch that bra- that that MJ doc out big time. I like the fact that the guy didn't get it done. They didn't get the finale done until Thursday before what? it aired. No. The, fi- the guy, the director, I believe his last name is Mir, went on with SVP and said, yeah, we just wrapped it up on Thursday. And he was talking to him Sunday night. Like, this was cram mode. This was absolute cram mode. How did I miss that factoid? That's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. B-U-L-L. You're right. Nice. Nice. By the way. By the way, I always wondered, what do you think <laughs> this is uh, just just for cheap drop purposes? Oh, I like it. The Tom Brady doc coming out. What does Doc think about the doc? It's exciting. Yeah, all right, great. <laughs> Sorry, just run. Here's here's Doc on the doc. It's exciting. Some radio station needs to do that. Like, and now Doc's thoughts on the doc. And that's it. It's exciting. All right. Thanks, Doc. One of the best things about the flu game and the food poisoning thing was the allegations about food poisoning when essentially Michael Jordan ate four cigars. <laughs> like, gnawing on cigars, probably drinking some alcohol, then you spit on a pizza, which probably has cigar residue in it, 100%. and then you eat the whole pizza, and then it's, oh, food poisoning. Yeah, did you see how obnoxiously the one of the final scenes of the documentary is he's staring at the ocean? He had such an obnoxiously long cigar. Like that thing was like twenty four inches long. And we're like, time out. Are we all not going to act like Jordan doesn't have the biggest cigar ever created in life's history right now? I was looking for the strings to see if a Geppetto was behind him. I mean, seriously. I thought it was analogous to the number of lies he told during the doc. <laughs> Thought it was a big metaphor. I loved it. There's something about Jordan having to admit, because there's it's when you you ate the whole pizza, like the way he like he even said it a little bit ashamed. It was like, yes, I ate the pizza. No one else ate the pizza. I ate the pizza. <laughs> it's like this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. The greatest athlete in the world, moderately embarrassed that he hammered a whole pizza. I ate the pizza. All by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. <laughs> that is just the so- best. Like my favorite thing. That was my favorite thing that he said. For some reason, I giggled. I had an explosive giggle in my body when he when he uttered the "I ate the pizza." No one else ate the pizza. Look, he verbalized something that I have said when I've gone to Connecticut. I'll fly in on a Friday. I've got the game day radio show on a Saturday, and I'm like, you know what? Hotel room. I've already worked out. I can just cancel this whole thing out. I'm gonna get a whole pizza, and I have eaten a whole pizza by myself. And I sit there. On the hotel room bed, staring at a TV, saying, I eat the pizza. All by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. <laughs> all, it was all me. I call, I, call, I call my wife. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Uh... I eat the pizza. All by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. And then Kelly said what the one trainer said. I got a bad feeling about this. I got a bad feeling. I said, I got a bad feeling about this. (laughs) I got a bad feeling about, what is he, Han Solo? I mean, seriously. I got a bad feeling about this. I got a bad feeling about this. What is happening? I got a bad feeling about this. Looking to meet that pizza. I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. I got a bad feeling about this. Can we also talk about, has there ever been a... Scotty Pippen has such a deep voice that it just is like, 
It might have been Bill Hader that pointed out how how nonchalantly Scotty points out, like just he's so just not impressed. Like when Michael does something, he's like Michael, my, you know, Michael wanted the ball, and we gave Michael the basketball, <laughs> and he had forty one points, and it was Michael. Michael wanted it, and it's like it's so deep. If if Scotty Pippen read you a bedtime story, you would be asleep in seven seconds. I love you forever. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even do it. Good, good night, Moon. In the great green room, there was a telephone, and Michael with a red balloon, and Dennis. <laughs> His voice is great. The doc was good. Um, some good things. Yeah, it was doing some good things. It had some moments <laughs> wish he could have back. For the most part, it was doing. He had. He's doing some good things. Had some pepperoni pizza. Wish he could have back. Did he like the half back? For the most part, doing some good things. I love the fact that, it, like, I never heard that it was food poisoning until years later. It's like he just wanted, Jordan wanted to make sure it was called the flu game and that that stuck. And then later you change it. It's like someone calling you a really cool name. What's your name? Bruce. Okay. And then 12 years go by. Actually, it's uh, Dominic. <laughs> okay. Well, we're still going to call you Bruce. It's Let's be honest. It's still an amazing feat if you got, you know, you got food poisoning, but like, there's something less cool about it when you think about Jordan the night before in a hotel room hammering an entire pizza. I eat the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. And that's what caused the flu. You know, it's just it takes away a little bit of its luster. And the fact that in, in listening to interviews, he ate the pizza, the whole pizza, and no one can come up with the, the place that it was. Like, what was the name of that? <laughs> <laughs> And then you hear the interviews from the guy who made the pizza, and he he tells me, he goes, it was a pizza hut. <laughs> what was the name of that place? Yeah, you know, like, what was the name of that restaurant that you got, you know, that you took your wife to? Yeah, and then someone pipes up, it was a Wendy's. <laughs> like, you're just embarrassed. Jordan was embarrassed that he got a Pizza Hut pizza. I mean, how do you not know? Where you got a pizza that gave you food poisoning before the NBA Finals, like, game five. Like, how do you not know where it was? There's just so much. Listen to him again saying, I ate the pizza. He is so ashamed that he ate an entire Pizza Hut pizza that he can't even say it. I ate the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... I would know, yes, it's one thing, you have an accomplishment to remember, so of course you're going to hear, like for me, Pizza Hut, yep, I got it, it was Pizza Hut. Couple that with food poisoning, okay, they're on my never order again list, right? Yes, I mean, how do you not remember that it was Pizza Hut? I mean, come on, Michael. And it was extra pepperoni, thin crust, according to the guy who made it, who was a Bulls fan, by the way, the guy who made it, and he delivered it to him, and they said, he said he delivered it, and he got driven by the delivery guy. He goes, it was two guys. It was me who made the pizza. <laughs> I didn't eat the pizza. I made, I made the pizza. No one else made the pizza. I ate the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. <laughs> He's almost like the Little Caesars guy. At the end, it's like, pizza, pizza. He's a eat the pizza. <laughs> Eat the pizza. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> I eat the pizza. All by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. Pizza, pizza. Eat the pizza. Pizza, pizza. Eat the pizza. Pizza, pizza. That's totally what it is. Eat the pizza. That's totally what it is. I eat the pizza. Pizza, pizza. <laughs>
Eat the pizza. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, anyway, so, yeah, the flu game, yeah. pizza hut game, pizza, pizza game. <laughs> Whatever. It's not as cool. It's like, Whatever. and then Jordan had his greatest feat ever, the pizza hut game. <laughs> That doesn't sound no. near as cool. Bob Costas wraps it up. And so tonight, what you saw started out as pizza poisoning turned into a pizza party. <laughs> it just doesn't sound as cool. Oh, it was a good documentary. Yeah, I do want to read a couple of emails here. Okay. One, speaking of drops, yeah. uh, I got this email from Jed. Jed emailed in to laugh at chickennick.com who when you hear old segments and we refer to Jed Jed is a long was oh, a long time listener I believe he still listens to oh, yeah, yeah, 1620 loyal. listens to John and Josh listened to Kevin and Michael listened to us when we started we kind of had to win him over a little bit yeah, he went at a the big start fan. he wasn't a big fan initially yeah, but he, he eventually and then and then you know he, he listened to the show listen listen no one else listened to the show but he listened I eat the pizza all by myself nobody else eats eat the pizza so he sends me this note. Jed says, still to this day, I have my same voicemail greeting on my phone that is of old drops. People that leave messages are highly confused. My mom still doesn't understand it and asks me to change it every time. Love the podcast. Oh, my God. Jed then attached his voicemail no. to the email and sent it to me. This is his outgoing message for people who leave a message with Jed, our listener. What the heck is this? Is this a deliberate thing? Or are you trying to call me? I didn't see it. I missed it. I missed it. It went over my head. Enjoy your bye. <laughs> wow. I am beyond impressed at this point. I mean, if that, that is, isn't love, that is un love. That is unbelievable what he was able to do. So anyway, so after you're after you're done with it, uh, I, I mixed in some of the drops, and it sounds like this. What the heck is this? What the heck is this? Is this a deliberate thing? Is this a deliberate thing? I missed it. I missed it. It went over my head. You yeah, missed it. You it went over your head then. Yeah. Oh, it went over my head. Enjoy your bye. Enjoy Thank your bye. I mean, he's unbelievable. That's he's unbelievable. What he was able to do. I mean, that just warms that that warms the bottom of my heart. Oh, I knew it would from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, all right. Sometimes you just gotta. Emmett Smith uh, puts the words perfectly. You do from the bottom of my heart. Uh, also got this email in. This is to laugh at chickandnick dot com. We encourage you to email, and we love hearing from you. Mm -hmm. Sarah was a long time yes. emailer and contributor. Never really called the show, but was always a part of the show. She emailed in a lot. She says, I am so proud that you now have a podcast. I am so proud to be your friend. Nice. She says, on New Year's Eve of 2011, I moved to Iowa, well out of the broadcast area for 1620. I wasn't able to listen daily, but listened online when I got the chance, up until the day the show ended. I'm in the midst of listening to episode six, and this is the episode so far bringing up the most drops I had long forgotten about. I will now have the HowDareYou.com jingle stuck in my head for a week. HowDareYou.com, HowDareYou.com, you need to log on to HowDareYou.com. Yes. That was uh, quite a jingle. Again, that is, I, I've had a lot of folks emailing in. <laughs> We have talking about the howdareyou.com, howdareyou.com. And in fact, when we had posted on Twitter 
that we had a new episode coming out. We posted the title of episode six is a website. First correct guest gets a shout out on episode seven. Do you want to hear some of the uh, yeah, suggestions? Yeah, I, I want to hear about some of the ones. By the way, the first one, I believe Nate Klaus was one of the first to get it right. Uh, recruiting uh, guru Nate Klaus. He knows what it was. It was you.com. Jed thought it would be HowDareYe.com. So they were both technically Right. We'll go to the judges. Correct. Yeah, we'll go to the judges and we'll award them both yeah. points. Brent tweeted in HowDareYe.com. My response whenever anyone asks me for the address for a website. <laughs> HowDareYe.com. HowDareYe.com. You need to log on to HowDareYe.com. John Schreiner, our former uh, show contributor, yeah. had HowDareYou.com. Mike C. had HowDareYou.org. I think he just tried to yeah, be a little switch different. Your, switch it up a little bit. Here were some other suggestions. Here were some other suggestions. Uh, Shu tweeted in, Crikey.net. Oh, yes! There, That's a great one. Josh tweeted in, There's no way to know that that was a bunker.com. There's no way to know that that was a bunker. Karen does say, to this day, my husband will say to me, how dare you.com, log on. <laughs> <laughs> like, jeez, there's a lot of people being directed to that website in their own homes. That is great. Uh, Melikey.com, nobigdeal.com, yeah. Ted Bundy, Albundy.com. There are a lot of these suggestions. <laughs> One, this from Jordan Peters. He tweets in his guess of what it would be. His was, I'm not happy, 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 I'm not happy, happy about, happy, 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 happy. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> so, again, apologies to Tyler McKinney. Never that is now, Tyler. what, four straight episodes? Yeah, I mean, he might become, what was it, Kimmel would always apologize to uh, Matt Damon. To Matt Damon. At the end of, we might have to just uh, shout out Tyler McKinney with it. I'm not happy about that. 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 You need to work that into your Nick Bob podcast. But the other part of Sarah's email, as I continue, is... She says, by the way, just wondering, is Gary Barta still introducing Fran McCaffrey? Let's, let's, do we, do we, can we check back? Do we still have that live feed? Do we still have that, Matt? It's, it's been a long time. This has obviously been uh, going on 10 years yeah. or so since we last uh, checked in here with Gary Barta, who was introducing uh, Fran McCaffrey during one of our live shows. Let's see. I don't know. Let's let's bring it up here. Okay. We want to fill Carver again. Uh, we want to compete for Big Ten championships, and uh, we want to do it uh, okay. with this guy. Okay, we'll continue, say, we'll continue you know, to uh, check in with Gary Barta. Again, we carried that news conference live when Fran McCaffrey was introduced and we we're like oh we'll get to carry this live during our show no live the only live sporting events that ever happened during our show was the British Open and the British Open that was it that was it so anything that happened it's live we were pumped we were pumped for it we didn't it didn't matter what it was if it was live we were carrying it in its entirety oh yeah we're gonna carry a Tiger watch a Brad yeah. Snedeker watch all these things it's going to be fantastic. But we went live to it, and we started out, and Gary Barta went for about 12 minutes uh, introducing. And so the running joke on the show was, let's check back in with Gary Barta. Last year, they beat Bandy the year before, and so all those okay. things all right. started to intrigue. Okay. Okay. So Come on, there. Gary Barta. It's been a decade. He's been the coach for a decade. Introduce him already, you know? Crikey. <laughs> Let, Dot the team, Let the team take the floor. Come on, man. Come on, Gary Barta. What seven years. She says, thank you for making my workday go faster in the cubicle farm back in Omaha oh so many years ago. From Sarah P.S., all Nick would have to say is Rudy and Dedese in his Bill Cosby voice, and I would be ruling. 
you know, with the Rudy and the Denise, with the Theo and the Jello and the Rudy and the Scotty Pippen with the Dennis and the Luke Longley. My favorite <laughs> Chicago <laughs> Bull is Luke Longley. Oh. <laughs> wow, you is that the easiest to say with Jello putting Theo, Rudy, Luke Longley? Luke Longley. Oh, God. Speaking of impressions, Greg tweets in, and the subject is just Greg Sharp. Uh, he ema- <laughs> Greg emails in, my office is in the Haymarket, as is the studio for the Husker Sports Network. About once a week, I would pass Greg Sharp in the parking garage down in the Haymarket. Let me tell you, knowing who it was, thinking of Skeeter Barnes or Dorothy Lynch, and then keeping a straight face was nearly impossible. Greg in Lincoln. I'm what sorry. do you think? What do you think if Greg walked by him? Greg in Lincoln walked by Greg Sharp. What would that conversation be like? Like if Greg Lincoln goes, "Hey, you're Greg Sharp. Nice to meet you." Touch out. You should touch out Nebraska. And Nebraska's gonna win a football game. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Wanted to say hi. Just park my car. This parking spot brought to you by Skeeter Bars Buck Naked Barbecue. So good you don't eat sauce. And by Dorothy Lynch. It's a touchdown. <laughs> Nebraska's gonna win a football game. Nice to meet you, too. See you later. (laughs) See you later. Back after this. You're listening to Big Red Football. Oh, so good. Speaking of Big Red Football. We love him. I I know. I hope we have. I liked your segue. I I liked what you were doing there. Give me the segue. (laughs) Give it to me. Are we going to talk hashtag real sports? Are we going to go tonight on real sports on Brian Gumbel? And our next. And what we have for you next is a very interesting former coach who's trying to rewrite the wrongs of his past. Our own Matt Chick has the story. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> take it. Let's move on. Let's move on. Tonight, we take uh, a look at Bo. <laughs> no, not Bo Jackson. But rather, Bo Pelini. For seven years, as the head coach in Nebraska, he won no fewer than nine games and lost no more than four games. So why was he at Youngstown State and can't get another crack at a head coaching job at the Power 5 level? We asked that question, and our own Matt Schick has the story. Ah, Brian! Come on! I'm done with you. Let's, let's, get a, let's get somebody who asks a question that's worth answering. Okay, well. Yikes! Brother from another mother. <laughs> Yikes. There is a story in SI.com that came out uh, late last week from Ross Dellinger. Who... Ross, Ross don't suit the, the Dellinger. <laughs> What was he used to be at LSU? Stupid. Uh, I believe he used to. I think it was um, the Advocate, uh, Baton Rouge Advocate, or okay. he, he used to cover LSU. Like really, it was on the beat. That's a great question. Thank you, Rich. But now he's with uh, SI, and he wrote in the headline, is back on the bayou, an unfiltered Bo Pelini is ready for his second act. By the way, unfiltered Bo Pelini 
fairly redundant. Come on. Oh, yeah. But it says, uh, returning to college football's big stage, Polini speaks candidly on a perception he says is unfair and a future he believes is bright. And the story goes on to talk about just his return to LSU, his time at Nebraska, the perception that he believes is unfair about he always had the moniker and the the fiery, that was the descriptive word, the fiery Bo Pelini. And even Ross points out, if you Google Bo Pelini, some of the first images are about him looking at him yelling no at a, yeah. uh, an official. And he just says he's getting an unfair rap about this. Quote, the fiery Bo Pelini, the this Bo Pelini, the that Bo Pelini. It got blown out of proportion. It was like every picture taken of me was yelling at a ref. Most people never got to know what I stand for and who I really was. If somebody wants to win, they should call me. Mm. End of quote. Bo Pelini. I used to never believe that Bo would get another shot because of how he napalmed that entire exit from Nebraska. But, you know, if Ed Ogeron can reclaim his standing and you capture lightning in a bottle, all it takes is one program to give you a shot. We'll see. People want to win. There's certainly a price to be paid for some past transgressions. But if he can have a very good LSU defense, you never know after a couple of years. But let's go back to his thought. Unfair perception. Of him, we no show had more fun with Bo <laughs> than. <laughs> I'm surprised our show didn't get mentioned in this story, or at least he didn't bring it up. Is the perception of him unfair? What do you think? No, I don't think it's unfair because I, I mean unfair is that's that's a that's very broad. I mean I don't know. I mean I think like uh, it's warranted. Now, whether things become fair or not fair, I, I suppose that's up for interpretation to a certain degree. Like, you know, perception is reality. And I, the idea that he isn't culpable in that perception, and, and I, I'm sure he would say that, oh, I understand that I, yeah, I'm fiery and that I, I'm, I had a hand in that image being forged then that's maybe different than acting. I don't like this idea that he's trying to act like he's, I mean, I've, I've only yelled at an official a couple times in my life. I've never only exploded a couple times in my life. I mean, I don't think, uh, I don't think that's true. I, I mean, is it maybe unfair to just paint him as this like guy that is just, I mean, nonstop angry and, and going to explode? Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, again, I think he's culpable in the perception that he created for himself. That, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. Like, do you, I mean, do you think it's unfair? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's unfair. There's a, re- a retiring Big Ten official at a store, I believe it was in the Chicago Trib yeah. uh, earlier this calendar year, who said, who used the term in describing Bo Pelini, the worst. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> you know, and, and these are and these are officials who hear a lot more than we see or hear uh, from the chair. I think, I think it's unfortunate for Bo that his successes and his number of wins get diluted because of how he acted. Yeah. And part of the reason is because when you think about big wins, he never really had those with Nebraska. He had more big meltdowns in terms of visual watching him explode on the sidelines than he did monumental wins where you go, yep, that's his signature win, or yep, that's one that lifted this program up, or that's a championship one. You know, so I think it's when you try to weigh the two, perception of him blowing up and the team doing well, 
the team never achieved a point where you could forgive or forget how he acted. I'll yeah. put it that way. Yes. I mean, I think we all want to get mad at it, but it's just a part of life. Like the more successful and the more talented you are and the more you are achieving, the more people are willing to look past certain things. You can kick and scream and get upset about that, but that's a fact of life. Winning covers up for a lot. And when you aren't winning, all the little stuff becomes big stuff. And all the little stuff becomes hard to look past. I mean, I think you even just to stick with Nebraska, remember when T- I mean, Tim Miles, everybody loved the tweeting at halftime and all that stuff. But all of a sudden when you're getting, you know, you're losing to Incarnate Word at home and you're, str- you know, all that stuff, all of a sudden tweeting at halftime, all that stuff becomes a thing. And again, right or wrong, hypocritical or not, hey, what about Saban? Well, what about Saban? He's the greatest college football coach outside of probably Tom Osborne to ever coach college football. You're not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't think, you know, there could have, I'm sure there was times where we're talking about the last dance. There might have been another Chicago Bull that acted like a, you know, a jerk store at practice or whatever and said, well, well, Michael can do it. It's like, well, yeah, because he's Michael Jordan. That's why he can, you know, he can get away with that. And that's just kind of the way life is to me. I mean, winning covers up for a lot. When you're not winning championships, those things become problematic. They just do. But I did think it was like, I thought Bo had a good quote in the story. I don't have the quote in front of me. He said, some to the extent of, I do think a lot of athletic directors and university presidents worry too much about winning the press conference, and they forget that eventually you have to win football games. I do think that's very true. 100%. 100% true, because I am, you know, I do think as time passes, do I look back on the Polini era and view it a little different? I think I do, because of how poorly Nebraska's performed since he's departed, do I think he could go coach somewhere and win a lot of football games? Oh, absolutely he could. But as Bo pointed out, there's a lot of of ADs that aren't willing to deal with the crap storm that would come with hiring a guy like that. A couple things. I completely agree with Bo about, yes, too many people get too concerned about winning the news conference instead of winning games, but they also are concerned about you embarrassing the university, and that's something that Bo did numerous times. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is, it's more about, to me, not necessarily how he treated officials or all that demeanor, because, yeah, he won some games, and and you could always say he's fighting for his team. But the two audio clips, one of him going after the fans and something that was leaked, and then the biggest one is going after the AD who just fired you. And saying those things and kind of napalming that entire bridge. I mean, he burned that so quickly when he left that that essentially turned into his exit interview. Mm -hmm. You know, when when he left, that was his exit interview. So any person who wants to hire Bo Pliner is even considering it for a head coaching job. One of the first things you're going to think of, okay, that's what happened when he left that job. Kind of like when you have an interview and they say, have you ever had any conflict with any of your previous employers? <laughs> yeah. You know, the job of someone interviewing you is to talk you out of the job or to get you to talk yourself out of the job by bringing up stuff and talking about the way that you treated somebody, whether it be your employer or coworker. We don't need him to say that because we've got the audio to prove it. And so that, to me, I would say if if that tape never happened, and maybe even the fan tape never happened, and it was just treatment of officials, he he might be a Power 5 head coach right now. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean... 
I don't know. I don't know either. I Every single player that played for Bo Pelini would take a bullet for Bo Pelini. Loves Bo Pelini. And the results are what they are in terms of the guy did win. Now, did he win championships? No. Was he pretty – let's be honest, Schick. I mean, he is one second – we know about one second against Texas. Yeah. And, yep, yep. you know, they're up – what were they up? 30 – they were up 17 points, I think, in the 2010 Big 12 title game. Like, I mean, he was this close – to winning, and they had a better team. They had a better team than Wisconsin and yes. Legends and Leaders. Yes, you know? yeah. When they lost seventy to thirty-one, they, gave yeah, up they got 70. blown. They got ran off the field. But like, dude is this close to having three conference championships. So players love him. The results are what they are. But I guess I just I don't think it's crazy to correlate his sideline blowups with his teams melting down. Those Damn. things always seemed to correlate. When he blew a gasket and lost his mind, you could almost instantly trace when the team fell apart. So you can sit there and be like, well, what does that matter? Well, I don't know, man. I saw a lot of games where you you came unhinged and your team came unhinged. So on some degree, like I think it matters to a certain extent, but I don't know, man. It's hard. It's He's an interesting... Yep. The, the fact that Nebraska has been a train wreck after he's left, I think naturally you you view him and his time here a little bit different. But I don't know. Like, how do you – do you view his time here? Do you – like, has the Riley era and the first years of Frost caused you to, to look at Bo and his time at Nebraska differently at all? So Nebraska, in those – seven seasons they went 66 and 27 under Polini in the five seasons since they're 28 and 34 so he had one fewer loss than they have wins in the last five seasons that he had in the seven and what he says is and it's true hopefully now people have some sense of appreciation for what we did there because it's not easy I agree with that. I will raise my hand and say I agree with that. And Bo Pelini always, and this was the word behind the scenes, and those who reporters at ESPN who I've talked to who had meetings with Bo behind the scenes for pregame and, you know, the day before the game, just, hey, what's it all about? And off the record, they got the sense that he understood or he tried to convey to them consistently how tough it is to recruit and win at Nebraska. And I think now you're seeing that because Bo Bo worked hard. He had a staff that worked really hard. And unfortunately, his behavior overshadowed some of that. And maybe his behavior was a culmination of the stress and the work that he put into this. And then he's seeing it kind of blow up and he yeah. can't handle it. It's just his nature. But I, look, I think as time goes on and the more this team continues to lose football games, you appreciate those 9 and 10 win seasons. But you just cannot forget how bad it was toward the end. This wasn't like a coach going out, hey, thanks for the 10 wins, you're on to something better. The year before he got fired, he challenged his AD to fire him. Yes. And then and the following year, fact, he had the he had the tape. I know for a fact, Schick, I, I talked to a handful of a TV reporter in Omaha and one of the recruiting guys that – that step the before the 2013 Iowa game, so not the year he was fired, but the year before he got fired. That was the game where he swung his hat at the official and all that stuff and then had the post-game press conference almost daring the, the administration to fire him. 
there were numerous assistant coaches that went up to these two individuals and thought it was over. Like, thank them. Hey, I want to appreciate all that you guys did. It's been nice to get to know. Like, everyone thought they were getting fired. So, like, it, to your point, like, I don't think we we can't have a revisionist history of, of all that was going on during that time and just how toxic things had gotten. But I don't think there's any question that when all of a sudden you endure a few four and five win seasons and don't go to a bowl game and, and all that, all of a sudden now you go, man, winning nine games, you would, I mean, people would die for that right now. So naturally you kind of, you feel like history's going to be kind to Bo Pelini and that might be true, but I also think, you know, just like anything else, the numbers and the, and the record don't always tell the whole story. If you asked Husker fans, would you rather go back to those 9-10 and 10 win seasons? Of course, yes. Would you rather go back to Bo Pelini being your head coach? No. Right. Those are two different things. Yes, I would love to have those 9-10 and 10 win seasons. Do I want Bo as my head coach? Eh, probably not. Right. Eh, probably not. I really don't care what people outside think. Do you think he's going to get another shot, depending on how this LSU thing goes? I, I think eventually he will because he's only in his low 50s. Right. Look, Mac Brown is coaching. Les Miles is coaching. You know, you can coach. If you want to coach till you're 70, you can coach till you're 70 right. in, in football. But with the way he is emotionally, I don't know if his heart and, and arteries can take. You, know, <laughs> you know, his lifespan might be another five to eight years in terms of coaching. Right. But I got, didn't you? Because one of the things I always wondered was, does he want another? Like, did he get a taste of that and think, you know what? I, you know, I've 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 stood on that stage. I've been in that chair. We, you know, I wanted to go back to Youngstown and do my thing there, and now I'm comfortable being a court. Like for a while, I wondered, does he even want another Power Five head job? But I felt like reading that SI piece. The sense I got was that he does. I don't know what you thought. Like I, my main takeaway right yep. now is like he wants another crack at it. I don't think he goes to LSU unless he wants another crack at it, you know, for a power five. Like you don't, unless he sees himself as maybe I'll just be the Brent Venables and and I'll just find that this is what I'm supposed to be and and, and fine. And if no one gives you a shot, you can ride out the string as a great defensive coordinator in a power five league. But I said, when the Ed Ogeron thing happened, I said, I wondered what a guy like Bo Pelini would be thinking. And I think it was in conjunction with when he was hired. I didn't just come up with it in thin air, but that, hey, if Ed O can kind of remake his image, maybe I can do this too. And if I know I'm going to have great players on the defensive side and not have to go, okay, let's see if we can get Eric Haig and turn him into an NFL player and a, you know get a Larry Asante and, yep. and, and all these guys in Denard. Yeah, fans of Denard. Denard. <laughs> And Jeremiah um, Searles. Jeremiah Searles. If I can get these, you know, first round picks on defense, let's have some fun here and, and let's do that. And you know, I, I certainly hope for the best for him. So I why? was very surprised when he said he has essentially turned on Fo Pellini. Like he's done. Yeah. He's done with Fo Pellini. He's he thought that was an absolute joke. And I want to go, hey, he actually helped you become a little endearing, especially when you lifted that cat at the spring game. Like, yeah, did you become, you were part of the early part of meme culture, but at the same time, it allowed people to go, eh, Bo and Bo. There was always that Bo and Bo type of frumpy staring at you instead sure. of smiling at a picture and those kind of things. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the full Polini initially you would have thought it was mean spirited, but I think in some ways it kind of softened him a little bit. I will say, and I think I still follow Faux Polini and I still laugh at some of his tweets, but I've I've kind of been amazed that he's conti- Faux Polini's Twitter account has stayed so relevant. Like once a year you get that like random, whether it's like the Chicago Tribune or the Athletic, you'd be like, the Athletic caught up with Faux Polini to get his thoughts on and it's like Fopal like how is I'm kind of amazed at the shelf life of Fopalini. I thought the second he went to Youngstown I agree. it would kind of like fizzle out, but it is not. He'll still do the Carl tweets when there's yes. a man running naked in the streets, Carl come home, you know. <laughs> Let's go to the Fopalini thing because Fopalini has six hundred and sixty four thousand followers. No. Like he's a brand. Like he could he could he could monetize. He's, a, he's probably in a better situation than Bo Pelini. <laughs> <laughs> no. might get a shot at a Power wow. 5 co- uh, head coaching job. For it. We were one of the first media to ever interview Fopalini. And this was when he had 13,000 followers. That's 651,000 followers ago. I thought, whoa. This was July 6th, 2011, yeah, I so believe. It had to have been real and, early in in the Twitter account's existence. We caught up with Fopalini and had a very good conversation with him. Give it to me. Let's listen. When we talked to Fopalini uh, when he was just in the infancy state. I, I've printed off some of fake Bo Pelini's old tweets. And again, follow him on Twitter, F-A-U-X. P-E-L-I-N-I. And, you know, going back just a few months, circling the sum, uh, some of them that I really found funny in preparation for this interview. But uh, he's got how many followers? 13,109. Okay. Now... We don't really know where he's located, but we did track him down. He wants to conceal his identity, but he is using his regular voice. I don't know if he's from here or what, but I know he likes Nebraska. And uh, fake Bo Pelini joins us now on the Chick and Nick Show on 1620 The Zone, a man who has provided many laughs. Many a giggle. Over the uh, Twitterverse. Joins us now on Chick and Nick. Faux Pelini, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Oh, my gosh. This is just... Fantastic. uh, I'm getting nervous. I'm just nervous here to (laughs) to talk to you. Well, before we get into some of your tweets and and how this went, can you tell us what you kind of do for a living or at least give us a general idea of what Faux Pelini does and is for a real job? Yeah, I'll I'll tell you a little bit. Um, I'm an attorney. I'm not in Omaha. I'm actually in Chicago. What else? I'm uh, not quite as old as Faux Pelini the real Bo Pelini, but, uh, you know, close. Okay. 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 And you are a Nebraska football fan? Yes. Very, very large Nebraska football fan. And you do like Bo Pelini? Uh, sure. I think we all like like him. Like is a, can be a complicated word, probably, but, yeah. I mean, overall, I think it's a like is a fair word. Um, I actually started the thing out, whenever that was, late in uh, 2010, Mm-hmm. When he was sort of at the height of his perceived craziness, you know, after the A <laughs> and M debacle, and it was he was starting to be just really a cartoon character. That I mean, it was just it was just ugly and it was terrible. So I actually started out as a way to sort of make fun of the people who thought of him as this, you know, one dimensional yes, knucklehead. Yep, and it just kind of 
grew from there. Now, when you do a, a Twitter handle, you want to make sure you can get the handle and make sure it's not taken. And, and so people jump on these things immediately. Was there another version of this that you wanted to get? Because faux Pellini is terrific because it rhymes. It might be hard to search for if you want to spell faux, F-A-U-X, but it fits perfectly. Uh, what, what did you want to go for? Is that, is that You know, what? there's a funny story with that. Um, I started out, faux Pellini, the name came around after like six months or something, actually. Mm-hmm. A follower in Washington, of all places, suggested it. I started out, I didn't know anything about Twitter, their rules, or anything like that. So I started out with the name Coach Bo Pelini. I think I called it fake Bo Pelini in the name. But anyway, there was like a space in there or whatever. So about six months into it, I got an email from Twitter saying, uh, you got to change the name, terms of service problem. There's a confusion. People could be confused that you're, <laughs> that you're real. <laughs> and I said, that's alarming and hilarious that you guys think that. But I'm just curious, why did this happen? Why did you, um, who complained or how did it happen? And they said, we won't tell you that. We protect it. But the only way that we challenge this is if the person complains or somebody with the person mm-hmm. complains about it. So I never got the full story of who had the actual problem. It's hard to imagine Bo Pelini actually having a problem, but sure, sure. Well, we uh, have a Bo Pelini drop that describes his thoughts on on Twitter <laughs> yeah, here, that, well, that so we could I mean, this could sum it up here. That, that is sound on you here, John. If people have time to follow Twittering and tweeting, then they they need to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And and for the record, you have time to follow Twittering and tweeting, and, and be have, yeah. and be Bo Pelini, and you do have a job. You're yeah. an attorney. In the Chicago area. How, how excited were you when you found the Bo Pelini with the cat picture to make that your, your Twitter picture? I couldn't believe it. And I still, I got to be honest, I don't even know where it came from or who made it. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to credit the person who did. Yeah. Um, I still, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's perfect. I, it was just going to be a Christmas seasonal thing, and I realized I can't take that down no so all. we contacted you through twitter and through your email and we direct message each other and you follow the the show um who else has is there anyone who's famous who has contacted you or national writers or anything or are we kind of the biggest thing you've ever done well you guys are the biggest i mean of sure. course i mean come on but yeah the uh <laughs> uh not anyone super famous i mean i would say i've, I've been back and forth with some national guys Dennis Dodd, um, Dan Wetzel, and some others, you know, just kind of back and forth, but um, nothing too crazy. I'm still trying to get some kind of dialogue going with uh, Demick and Sue. That's my, that's really my life goal, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> he just, he's blatantly ignoring, ignoring my outreach. Now, one of the fun things that you do, fake Bo Pelini joining us, this is a bizarre interview, but I'm really having a good time. Uh, F-A-U-X Pelini, that's his uh, Twitter handle. Follow him on Twitter, 13,000 followers is that you will reach out to Indomitian Sue, but you will do it in a unique Twitter way where you use at symbols uh, for Twitter names that don't exist, where you will go at symbol Indomitian Sue, at I was thinking, at it would be fun, at to go camping, at this summer, at just you and me, at in the woods, at or maybe just at my basement. (laughs) Um, And and you include all of those. You would think with such a nice outreach to him that he would not respond to that. Are you surprised? Uh. Not really surprised because it probably seems psychotic to a normal person to, to get your, your Twitter handle to show up in a tweet like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And some of the, it's the funny thing is some of those things actually are real Twitter accounts. So I get some weird messages back saying, I think this is a mistake. You know, I think you're I think I think this was meant for someone else or something like that on those weird ones. Gosh. Yeah. It's just 
at, at in the woods. Sorry to contact you like that. Yeah. You, you did have a, a funny dialogue during the NBA Finals with Tim Miles. Yeah. I, anyone who was watching the NBA and just following on Twitter just got a huge kick out of it. And I know I did with you and, and Nebraska's men's basketball coach. How did that all start? I've only got your side of the exchange. I don't remember everything he wrote, but take us back to those magical moments when you were tweeting at Tim Miles and he tweeted back. Yeah, that was that was good. He um, he just sent out a, a tweet that he was going to be live tweeting during, I think it was game four or something like that. So I just replied to him asking, I can't remember what I said exactly, just I think it involved me asking to come over to his house and watch it in his basement with him. <laughs> and he, uh, he, replied, he said something like, if it's the real bow, sure. If it's faux Pelini, no way, or something like that. And yeah. it just kind of started a thing where I was saying I was outside his house, hanging out in his driveway, yeah. <laughs> neighbor's backyard and stuff. You tweeted, at Coach Miles, did you know if you climb your neighbor's oak tree, you can access their deck? And then you went back and forth, and then you said <laughs> to at Coach Miles, hey, do you know how to open your neighbor's sauna door from the inside? Need to know quickly, please. <laughs> uh, I guess that begs the question, where do you come up with some of this stuff? Because I read some of this and say a guy with this comedic wear would either do some stand-up or just have – there's got to be some way you're kind of in that uh, in that realm. But is that true? Where do you come up with this? Do you steal a lot of it? No. No, I I wish I wish I mean that would probably make me sound like a more normal person if it didn't all come from my head. But um, yeah, it's probably just my mostly my smart aleck brain. I mean, just thinking about what if this crazed version of Bobolini yeah. doesn't exist? Like, what would he think of in this situation if he was looking at his mailman? What would he do? He would probably try to tackle him, right? Yeah. Or, um, but no, I mean it's mostly random stuff that. Yeah, I mean, where do ideas come from, I suppose? I think Seinfeld was asked that once. He said, what a stupid question. I mean, I just come up with it. Uh, (laughs) Fake Bo Pelini, faux Pelini joining us on Chicken Nick 1620 The Zone. There's also an obsession with Bo Pelini's pants. And um, you tweeted tweeted on July 4th, and I was trying to go to bed early. It didn't work because the fireworks are going on. And I was laughing at this tweet, which said, sometimes it's so dark after the fireworks show that I have trouble finding my pants. And then uh, back on June 17th, on Father's Day, you said, how about a simple happy Father's Day instead of get off my porch or put on some pants? And then there were were a a couple other... uh, pants tweets as well what uh, what's the obsession there fair question uh, i haven't really thought, thought about it as much as i should someone mentioned that to me the other day like does bo Pelini really have an issue with his pants or being naked uh no i don't i don't know where i don't know where that comes from that's probably uh Something I should look into. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> my life. You said uh, you also said during the and you're very uh, well rounded. You talked about the College World Series. You said if Stony Brook wins the College World Series, I'll do naked backflips down my street. And also if they don't, uh, <laughs> so, uh, that's that's just funny stuff. But you also reference Carl Pelini a lot, your fake brother. And whenever something happens in Miami or Florida. Or, or somewhere you, you reference Carl. This was back on May 28th where a newspaper reported Miami police are trying to figure out why a naked man attempted to chew off another man's face, and you retweeted it by adding, get it together, Carl. <laughs> what, what is the obsession with, I mean, it's great with the brother stuff, but uh, what is fake Polini's obsession with Carl? Um, probably two answers to that. One is Carl, is, I mean, he's Carl. I mean, it just seems... It just seems like a good 
you know, good target for that stuff. But, but you know, the, the more serious answer is that, you know, Carl's a public figure, and um, I stay away from talking about Bo Pelini's family, his real family, just because right. it seems like that's a little bit over the line. Yeah, but Carl's an exception because he's a guy who's out there. We all know him. We all love him. And he's kind of fair game. So I guess in terms of family, he gets the brunt of it just because we all know and love Carl. You know, some of the best responses and reactions I get probably are from those stupid tweets about Carl getting arrested and naked on a golf course or something. <laughs> Bo Pelini joining us. Fake Bo Pelini on Chicken Nick, 1620 of the Zone. You know, like Mega Millions will have their lottery numbers, and they'll post them, and you'll retweet it and say, sure, now you tell us. Um, <laughs> what, what accounts do you follow for some of this stuff? Because some of the stuff just doesn't show up. You obviously have to follow some specific people. Is it just some national stuff you get for some of your news? And, and Yeah, um, I try to follow like a bunch of news stuff for smart alec comments like that. But like for some reason, Huffington Post, the way they title their stories, they're just really easy to make fun of. So I've had fun with that. <laughs> um, but you know, other than that, it's like CNN's breaking news. I mean, a lot of times their breaking news is just boring and stupid. So someone has to say something about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Huffington Post, who's in charge of Huffington Post, they should probably send them a Thank you note because of all the people I've retreated, they're probably the most because they're just easy to make fun of, just yeah. the way they word their stuff. Yeah, there's one from Huffington Post that said, uh, Happy 75th birthday, Golden Gate Bridge, and you retweeted it by saying, Bridges don't have Twitter accounts, you idiot. And then there was a, another, What dogs say about your personality, and you said, Dogs can't stalk, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> those those types of things. And then one that I, I really liked was when Steve Sippel of the Lincoln Journal Star tweeted, Taylor Martinez or Denard Robinson? Hmm, I'm going to have to think about that one. That was Steve Sippel, and you retweeted it by saying, wait, do we have a choice? Call me. Uh, that was from uh, Fake Bo Plenty. So local guys, I, I would assume, give you some material as well. Yeah, I try to follow, you know, and I mean, I get a lot of the news here in Chicago, but I following the local guys is a good way to stay plugged in and maybe get some material, you know, here and there. And and especially when a Husker gets in trouble, too, when uh, Alfonso Dennard got in trouble in Lincoln, you tweeted the following morning, Alfonso, I thought we were meeting here at 930. Are you at a different IHOP? Um, <laughs> that's just, this. it's gold. It's it's really gold. Do you think fake Bo Pelini is in some way very similar to Bo Pelini in some <laughs> weird, dark way? I really hope not in most ways, especially when we're talking about pants and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh you know, I I don't know. I'd, I'd be really curious, actually, a question that's probably impossible to answer, but curious if Bo Pelini knows about it, cares about it, what he thinks about it. I probably don't want to know the answer to that question, actually, yeah. but, you know, that's the one That's the one thing. Fake Bo Pelini. Fo Pelini joining us, and we'll end with April 27th. If someone drafts Levante David, I promise to put my pants on and go back inside. <laughs> uh, that is from Fake Pelini. Well, uh, it's it's fun stuff. It's witty. And uh, keep it up. You keep us entertained. Thanks for being with us, and we'll try to do our best to keep uh, your identity uh, secret. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. That's Fo Pelini, uh, straight out of Chicago. He's, a, he's clearly an NBA fan because he tweets a lot of NBA stuff. I love the share LeBron, one nice game, but can you do this infinity more times? <laughs> 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 ABC News. Virginia man shoots self wife at gun safety class. Fake Bo Pelini tweets grade F. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, CNN tweets space shuttle headed for museum. Fo Pelini retweets it saying, oh my God, evacuate the building. <laughs> 
College Football Talk tweets, pair of Western Kentucky players shot hours after spring game. Faux Pelini retweets it, adding, holy crap, I just make our guys run stairs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Huffington Post. Headline, 1,500-year-old Bible found in Turkey. He retweets it with weirdest Thanksgiving ever. (laughs) There you go. Good stuff. Gosh, I feel like we just talked to a celebrity. He is a celebrity. He is. There's a little bit of our interview with Fo Pelini. It was fun. Like yes. he, he is a he's funny guy and continues to go. I mean, think about that, though. He is an attorney. I, I just remember, I vividly remember feeling astonished when I learned that on that interview. They're like, this guy's an attorney. Because you kind of just think, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to not separate the whoever's running the account from like, actually, maybe that's how they, I don't know. You just, you from what they really are. But to think that that guy's an attorney is pretty remarkable. There were a lot of things that Bo gave us. Do you remember uh, Bo's locker room speech after Ohio State and one of his uh, more famous? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let me play it here. We all know what we're getting at here. Yeah. How about Sting? (laughs) Anytime anybody says how about, I instantly want to finish the sentence with Stanley. How about Stanley? I mean, just so good. <laughs> How about Stanley? Stanley Jean Baptiste. Stanley Jean Baptiste. Yeah, I mean, that was just incredible. That took on a life of its own. It did, and we did that. Uh, we had we had some fun with that, and then we had. Do you remember Bo versus Bauer? Kind of. 24 was at its heyday, of course. Yeah. And um, we, I say we, I, (laughs) the morning after it would air, uh, would pretend that they were on the show together and it was Bo versus Bauer, and then we would have some fun. Let's go back and listen. This was uh, March 30th, 2010, in the heyday of 24, an edition of Bo versus Bauer as it aired in the show. Yeah. President Taylor wanted me to supervise the evacuation of you and your family to McGuire Air Force Base. Absolutely. How long will it take for you and your family to be ready? Uh, I better, I can't comment on that. Give us 10 minutes, and then we'll evacuate you and your family through a service tunnel under the building and straight on to New Jersey. Oh, well, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. My president still thinks that might happen, sir. I would hope so. Me too. Give us 10 minutes. Nope. That's why they made that call. Right there. Take the weapon off. Take the weapon off now. Now. Who are you? I'm Bo. You're American. Why'd you attack us? You don't point the finger, you point the thumb. What are you talking about? And the next one's Oklahoma. Jack, it's less than 20 minutes. Does the president know about this? Nope. Get up. I'm gonna get you to the street level there. I can make a phone call. 
Get over it. I don't take orders from anybody but the president of the United States. Now move. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. I'm Bo. took a weird turn. Man, is They that worked together last week. So funny. That's what he would shout. Nope. Then the BCS. The BCS. Just the idea of him in like a black outfit just with two AK-47 screaming the BCS and then screaming right there. I mean, that is that is unbelievable. It's terrific. He should be in that show. He should be he in really, that. He really, really, really should. He should be in that show. That show would never get canceled. Uh, before we uh, end the show, let's go to Steve. Hey, Steve. What's going on, guys? That drop fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. Just the whole point of picture, not the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Steve. Appreciate yeah, it. We got thank our, you. Thanks, buddy. Better not be screwing with me. Bo just yeah. going eight Why did you attack Jack? us? Hey, don't point the finger. You point the phone. <laughs> what does like, that mean? Like you brought that upon yourself. <laughs> There's a little Bo versus Bauer. Oh, is that good, Chick? Oh, that was a lot of fun. That was, that was a lot of fun. Standing right there. Uh, that before a, we, was that a lot of work? Yeah. I mean, I, like, an if you knew the amount of work that I spent on the show for little time, like, that was a two minute thing. <laughs> and that was about two hours of work. I was and it's say. just, I could have been spending that with my wife. Nah. nah. It's, instead of spending it with my wife, I spend it for my work wife. Before we get out of here, I did want to do one more thing. And we had obviously a, a lot of fun with Bo. And, and someone a few weeks ago had emailed us in asking us, and I can't find the email right now, but whoever did, thank you for reminding us about the time that Bo Polini went to a golf course and was a part of a TV story. This is what I wanted. This is what I wanted to hear. I want to set this up for you because... It's it's truly remarkable where I believe it was, I, I think it was 10-11 or maybe it was Channel 8. We'll find out together as we listen to this again. But he went out to a golf course and the news station in Lincoln filmed him getting a golf lesson by, uh, I believe, a guy that you knew at this golf course. We'll, we'll listen again together. Yep. And then we just had fun with it. So there's one segment where we played the clips. And again, you had not heard these at the time. This was June 13th, I believe, 2010. You hadn't heard them when we played them. You haven't heard them since. No. This is us listening to Bo Pelini getting a golf lesson and having fun doing it. Let's go back in time about 10 years. Everybody getting set? Got their DVR set? Got their popcorn ready for tonight or what? I don't think so. Why not? What's tonight? NBA Dream Team. I've actually already DVR'd it. Player? I've already DVR'd it, player. Will they have commercials? I don't want commercials. What do you mean, will it have commercials? Yeah, someone's got to sponsor this. stupid want thing. that. It, why can't it be like, what do they do for the 30 for 30s? They like stop and just like for a second have like one or two spots and that's it. I hope they're, they're you know, like you're really going to get some in-depth behind the scenes good stuff out of this. Yeah, I think they'll get some. I think they'll get some good things. Yeah, I think we showed. I think. I we think showed, we showed what we could be in this in this documentary. We'll go back to where the process continues, fellas. But I think you showed what we showed in the second half. <laughs> is what this group of guys is capable of. I think we showed in the first half that we were doing some good things, but we had too many plays. We should get have back. 
second half, we're doing some good things. We'll go back to where the process All right, continues. That's but I think you should. We should. All right, I think you part- should. I think we should. <laughs> okay. Well, what is it? <laughs> it? Speaking of Bo Pelini. Speaking of Bo Pelini. Channel Eight in Lincoln actually has a really it's a really Dari good Noka, idea. Dari Noka come I'm, back? I'm really no. Dari Matt Noka Kelly, take nice. it to the mat. Will you stop it? All right. I'm just trying. To they have a great idea. They did a good idea. I like this. This is one of those that if I were in TV, I I wish I would have thought of this. I'd be upset because it's a good idea. It's called golfing with the stars. They took Bo Pelini out on the course, and you just it's a it's a star with a pro. Now, I'd be ticked. I'd want to be in there. I'd want to be you know with Bo schmoozing and talking and this and that. No sports casters allowed in this. This was Bo Pelini with a golf pro. They just have a camera, just Listen like a photog. Listen to the first clip. Hi, I'm Dave Malone, the head golf professional at the Country Club of Lincoln. And today I'm here with head football coach Bo Pelini. And we're going to work on your putting a little bit and see if we can uh, take it to the course, Coach. This is going to test your, your teaching ability. We're gonna turn, <laughs> coach Bo's always teaching players. We're going to turn the tables and see how he takes teaching today. So, But I, but I don't have the skill set my players have when it comes to golf, so... He's got his work cut out for him today. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I know Dave Malone. Oh, okay. I grew up doing my fizzle at the Lincoln Country Club. Just, there's no fizzle in golf. Oh, there no, is. You can't say I fizzle. Many chicken strips. <laughs> many chicken stripes. <laughs> in fact, when you are part of a country club, they say no fizzle. It's out. They're like next to playing the number one tee. Nick Ba going to do his fizzle. And I'm like, <laughs> let's do it. I know Dave. All right. Dave taught me how to play golf. Stop it. This isn't about you. It's about me. Play clip two. Bo Pelini's in a joking He's a funny guy. He's on the golf course. Play clip two. Okay. We're starting with about a 15-footer, and we're just going to try to knock this in the hole, Coach. Good tempo. Nice roll. Okay. Good roll. Good speed. The only thing I see, Bo, it looks like maybe your backswing is a little short, and then you try to compensate by falling through a little bit more. If we could try to get more of a, a pendulum action. So if you go back two parts, let's fall through two parts. Okay. It looks like to me you're going back. Touching maybe it too much? Yeah, kind of going back one part and then trying to compensate. So Taylor? Uh, if we can. Now, I always try to find that happy medium because sometimes I find myself doing what you're saying, and sometimes, and then I. I, I just tend to run it by pretty yeah. hard if I if try I to go compens- too. Yeah. Let's take a couple of practice strokes and try to touch my hand both both ways. So it's a little bigger backswing. Jamal. Let's go back a little bit longer. Try to just touch my hand. That's it. That feels quite a bit longer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, feels a lot longer. Very nice. Very nice. It felt like I smoked it, you know what I mean? Please tell me why you're laughing. Why are you laughing? I felt like I smoked it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is just so and when he said the longest Christmas comment. came early for the drop masters. <laughs> when, when he said the longer comment, the machine yeah. goes, oh, God. Yeah. Like, no, no. Oh, I'm oh, crying. I have legit That feels a lot longer. <laughs> oh, just, How about <laughs> standing yeah. Longer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it feels a lot longer. <laughs> Shane. Play clip three, please. Clip three. Thank you. Let's see how the ball Like it. Like it. Like it. Yes, sir. There you go. (laughs) I work on everything else, and I haven't really worked on my putting. And, I mean, I I learned a lot as far as I wasn't taking taking enough of a backswing. I was almost playing not to miss instead of to make the putt. And, that's I mean, that's one of the things I learned. I think 
if you free up that backswing, I think your tempo is going to kind of take Cody. care of itself. And you'll have yeah, I mean, I saw it. I got more consistent the yeah. longer we did it. Yeah, super. Appreciate it. We'll put this uh, putting drill to the test. We're going to go out uh, and play hole number 14 and see how we do, and we'll see you at 10 o'clock tonight. Damn right, yes. There's water on 14. I don't know how he did I think he parred from what I read. Did he really? I think he parred. It's about a nine iron, probably. Felt like I smoked it, you know what I mean? God, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> the the Taylor. random Taylor in the midst of Bo talking and Dave Malone instructing him. I'm sorry. I, I got a little happy longer. with the drum. Yeah, it feels a lot longer. <laughs> Mike says. Feels I, like I smoked it. <laughs> John says, why is Bo being filmed for a golf training video? Shouldn't he be out recruiting? Oh. Come on, Bo, do your job. You aren't going to get those... Cardinal Mooney players without some effort. Oh, That's, Alec, That's fine. Alex says I, we are all laughing, Shick. Oh These are God. great Polini drops. Oh, my God. Just oh. All right. Wow. That is one of the funniest segments we ran, and I got one more Give it segment, and it is the segment immediately following that segment because, of course, we could never let it die, and there were things that happened in that segment involving Nick that we had to discuss. This was the next segment. Bo is the one character on this show. That's or- what Bo, Bo Rudoy says. It should be Schick and Nick featuring Bo Polini. It's just like Bo, Bo, <laughs> Bo is on the show daily. I love that guy. I love him. Oh, I love him. I know him. I love him. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, you, you got bet. it, Bo. All right. Play, play what just happened there. No, no, no. I apologize. My this apologize. Is KLKN's Golfing with the Stars. It's a great idea where they have a golf pro with a famous person in town. Bo Pliny's somewhat of a famous person in town. Kind of. So they had him. They, they taught him some things. They taught, and he's probably doing some he good things. He was doing some good things. He probably. He's doing some good things. <laughs> All right, let's play this clip. This is what happened last segment. You are laughing hysterically in the background, and then when he was getting instruction and talking, you, I played a you Taylor played drop. You played it that, that killed me. <laughs> I played a Taylor drop that forced tears. Oh, I was flowing tears, bro. Right, we need to hear this again. Okay. It looks like to me you're going back. Maybe, it too much? Yeah, kind of going back one part and then trying to compensate. So Taylor? Uh, if we can, I always try to find that happy medium because sometimes I find myself. Uh, <laughs> the timing that was you screaming so good. good yeah, yeah, play again for me, Shane. No, no, no. You, can you play it again for me, so, Taylor? Uh, oh, if we gosh. can, I always try to find that happy medium. <laughs> Uh, I apologize to everybody. Sean says you have to keep both porn lines in for the job. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of... I said to you, that we found out that was audio that needed video. That was audio that needed video. That's enough. Taylor? If we can... I always try to find that happy. Sounds like he hit the ball and killed you. I always try to find that happy medium because... I can't go on anymore. This sorry. I am, you know what? Um, Just sorry. this whole thing. Um, sorry. We're out of here. Okay. Don't try to find that happy right. medium. That's enough, Shane. That's the, enough. The, the random Taylor <laughs> caught me so off guard that I had to pterodactyl. I went to my pterodactyl roots. Oh. Taylor? <laughs> you did. Mike says, guys, I haven't laughed this hard since the cotton candy guy. I don't know if it was Bo or Nick blowing up because of the random Taylors. That is Mike. Oh, Taylor? Oh, man. That is Mike at home on. Uh, Dave says the only way to improve the show would be to have the robot following them on the course yeah. asking football questions. That's what Bo would be able to tee off on That's the robot. Michael, Michael uh, 
text in at 49330 and says, this guy is risking a lot by not using the robot. Ox says, thanks for that last bit. I laughed so hard, I bleep. Okay, thank you very much. Nobody got time for that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, my God. trying to find a happy That's enough, Shane. Jeez. Jason says, I'm glad I was somewhere where nobody could see me dying of laughter. (laughs) Remember, some of your listeners are listening at work and have to try to act professional. (laughs) Tone it down. Tone it down. That's your. Uh, that's all your fault. <laughs> you really don't. Can. If you don't drop, uh, you know, I was giggling, but it was a different kind of giggle. It was a controlled giggle. But you dropped the tailor in there, yeah. and I lost it. So I blame this on you. You so know who I am. You know what you're getting, Sasha. <laughs> Sasha, our uh, Vujacic Taylor, one of our seven interns that we have. <laughs> really, when you think about the number of interns, <laughs> when you think about our interns, the you number think of our show's have, really good. Yeah, mm. compared to the the quality of the show, it's yeah. just uh, very disproportionate. But Sasha nice. says, you "I thought it was a monkey." Was the word I was looking for. I thought it was a monkey that had gotten loose in the studio. So I always try to find that happy medium because. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, our program director, just walked in. What do you think of the show, Neil? Do you like it? Neil, you want to keep it around? Think? It's going to be around for a while. Neil, what do you think of the, What do you think just happened here, huh? Uh, oh. uh, Chad says, can you pair Nick's scream with the falling guy and I cannot hear air? Yeah. No, Chad. No, Chad. We cannot do that. Stop. Please. His is Stop. a little deeper. All right. Get ready to hit the scream. All right. You ready, ready for the scream? I cannot hear air. Don't try to find that happy yeah. right, That's enough. This show is so dumb. It, you would think when you hit the drop, I turned, and there's a window right next to me that I just opened the window and jumped out of the window. I always try to find that happy medium because sometimes. This show is awesome. <laughs> Nick Bob falling to his death after I played the Taylor. I always try to find that happy medium because sometimes. It, again, the best, the best thing ever was all the guys at KU were like, the best thing about Nick's laugh is that if he was next door, you wouldn't know if he's getting stabbed to death or if he's laughing. <laughs> oh my god! You wouldn't know. No. If you were down to Nick, he got stabbed to death. <laughs> Don't you live next door? Didn't you hear anything? I thought he was laughing. Chris in the stream says, "Lost it in the cubicle. Too funny. Uncontrollable laughter. The worst part is trying to hold it all together, and it only gets worse. All my coworkers think I'm crazy. Had to apologize to everyone." This Chris. Yeah. And Tony. Author of our sweet drop. Sweet. Says, I'm getting so many weird looks after listening to Nick get his land before time game right during the last segment. Sorry. It's giving me dead legs. Dead legs. <laughs> That's from Tony. Dead legs. I always try to find that happy medium because sometimes I find myself. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Oh, oh that great. was a segment on Bo Pelini and golfing <laughs> and laughing. <laughs> And uh, once again, stomachs hurting. So I think to sum it all up, Bo Pelini, good luck at LSU. We wish you the best of luck. Go get him, Tiger. Uh, uh, Go get him. Before we leave, let's uh, check back in once again with Gary Barton to see if he's still introducing Fran McCaffrey. I knew of him. I knew of Sienna and the things that had happened in the last several years. And I started to talk to basketball people. Hopefully, um, (laughs) by the time episode eight, by the time episode eight rolls around, uh, he'll be he'll be done introducing. We'll see you next week. They told me about the fact that he's taken three different teams to the NCAA tournament. Chicken Nick, the Chicken Nick Show. Here we go!